You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Locked on Pirates. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most, and I hope you all are having a fabulous Wednesday, June 30th, as we wrap wrap up the month of June and move forward. Today's episode, of course, is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Uh, Of course, download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms to talk about whatever sports you want to talk about right now, because there's a lot of sports on right now. But we're once again joined today, as I think this is going to become a regular thing on Wednesdays. Adam Bittner joins the show once again. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing well, Ethan. How are you? I'm doing pretty solid. Can't complain. Um, At least the Pirates didn't get no hit last night. It looked like they were going to until, you know, the best player in Major League Baseball, Kai Toms, uh, broke up the no-hitter last night. Um, So what are your takeaways from what's been going on in Colorado these last two days? Uh, You know, just uh, I I think inconsistency is is pretty much just going to dominate this team for the rest of the season, I think. You know, it, it was obviously a great series in St. Louis and no team, you know, no team is is incapable of doing things like that, even even if they're really bad, like the Pirates are. So you're going to have days that that you think, wow, this this team might be might be able to I don't want to say make a run, but but, you know, maybe play a, an interesting stretch of baseball for a month of month or so, which I think everyone would take uh, with Steelers training camp on the horizon here. Just just play some entertaining baseball between now and, and when that gets started. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, th- I think, you know, any, any team can do that. And I think they proved that in the Cardinal series, but we're kind of seeing how the pendulum swings the other way and why bad teams, you know, kind of are what they are, right. They also do things like this. They don't score runs in two days uh, in the most hitter friendly ballpark, probably in baseball. So, um, yeah, this is this is this is what an inconsistent bad team looks like. It goes from from looking great against the Cardinals to to what we're seeing in this Colorado series. So uh, we'll see if they can salvage it later today. Yeah, that'll be very intriguing to watch. And I mean, there have been some positives here. I mean, the pitching staff hasn't exactly looked horrible, except out of last night's game. It kind of like spiral uh, spiraled out of control. But realistically, in that first game, I mean, Chase DeYoung looked pretty good. From or wait, did he pit? Wait, no, Tyler Anderson looks pretty good. Sorry, got my days mixed up. Um, but that brought you into what you said before we got on the podcast today was the um, the Max Kranich debate of him pitching a basically perfect game in five innings, which he did against St. Louis in his major league debut, and then they optioned him down for Cody Ponce. What were your thoughts when that first happened? Yeah, I think I'm different than most people in that I thought it was completely in keeping with what what their stated goals were in terms of development. Um, they've they've told us all season that they're going to bring guys up from AAA for spot starts, maybe give them a little taste, a, a little idea of what it's like in the big leagues, and then send them back to AAA with some things to work on. And you know, I I, I think if if they were going to be swayed in that strategy by five perfect innings by a guy. 
um, then that's not a very good strategy. And, and I think it would lead you to question the development regime of, of the Pirates that they could just take a guy and say, well, we're going we're gonna to give this guy who was a 466 ERA at AAA. We're going to give him a turn. Hopefully it'll help his development. Hopefully it will help him learn some things that he needs to work on to, to really perform at the next level. Um, and then if he, you know, if he pitches well, we're going to, we're just going to throw that plan in the trash and say, well, we're going to keep this guy up here and, you know, kind of against all reason, expect that he's going to continue to pitch that way. And I think, I think they've, they did the right thing because that's, that's what their plan is. Now, do I know if the plan, do I know if that strategy of, of bringing guys up, giving them a taste, sending them down with things to work, do I know that that's going to work and, you know, it's going to be an awesome thing for the pirates over the long run? No. But I do know it's a good thing that they have a plan, and I think it's a good thing that they're not being swayed in that plan by a small sample size like five innings, as spectacular as it was. So I didn't have a problem with him being sent down. Hopefully, we get to see him again at some point this season. But um, if you're if you're a team in a in a position like the Pirates, and and I think one of the big complaints about the Neil Huntington era was it often didn't feel like they had a plan from the pitching perspective, right? And and, and that's why it was difficult for them to develop homegrown pitchers. And it, it's been a complaint about this franchise, you know, going back, you know, through the Huntington years, other than, you know, guys like uh, Jamison Tyon, Garrett Cole, um, guys that were brought in from outside the organization that pitched well, that, that you know, were veteran guys that maybe just needed some tweaks to perform well. Um, you know, developing pitchers, certainly guys who are not uh, top draft picks has, has kind of always been, a sore point. And, you know, if, if, if your hope for the pirates is based in, you know, Ben Charrington's ability to take talent and develop it. Well, then when he says, this is what they're going to do, I think you need to listen to him and not get emotionally caught up in, you know, what was an awesome first start in the big leagues and, 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 you know, listen to what the, what the plan is and and see how things work. So that's kind of where I weighed in on that one. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, it's very cool to see Max Kranich do what he did. Um, but it was, like you said, it's part of a process. There's no way – now, if he would have stayed up and did it again, then there's a pro- then there's an actual argument to be had. But the likelihood of him pitching two back-to-back five perfect innings is very, very unlikely. Um, people also, I th- uh, think, seem to forget now that as we move into July – this pitching staff is going to look very different at the end of July than it does at the beginning, just based off of trades, based off of people coming back, based off of whatever they decide to do. So what is like Adam's dream rotation with what the Pirates have right now when July ends? You know, I don't know that a dream rotation exists um, for me at the at this point. I think it's what is you got to approach it from what's what's the best thing for the Pirates development, right? Let's imagine a a guy like Tyler Anderson gets moved. Uh, Maybe there's, there's more spots in the rotation for some of the younger guys. Maybe they go to a six man rotation, which just, you know, expands um, the the number of guys that are available. I think that's the most important thing is, is using those starts to develop the guys that you have at the higher levels of the minors and, you know, maybe get a few that, that, that maybe look like they can be a, you know, guy, I would say in, in a competitive rotation, I think you'd like to find some three, four, five type of starter guys. Um, 
you know, I think hoping for a one or a two to come out of the group that they have at the higher levels right now is probably asking a little much. But if you can get a, a guy who can go out there and reliably eat innings and, and identify him and establish him, um, you know, I think that'll help maybe move up the the competitive window for this team. And, you know, who knows, maybe you can get one of those guys at an affordable rate because they're not, um, you know, because they're not the guys that, that look like they're going to go to free agency and sign 100, 200, $300 million deals. Maybe you can say, hey, we're going to give you 50 million over over four or five years. And, and some of these guys might be willing to take that and and that will add to their depth in the future. I think that's that's got to be the goal for the Pirates at this point. Um, because the bulk of these guys in this rotation are not going to be around, right? But if you can find one gem by giving as much opportunity to as many guys as you can, then I, I think that's that's a net good thing and, and probably the best thing you can hope for um, from this 2021 rotation. Um, so I, I think purge the older guys after the deadline. Um, you know, if, if, if they're a veteran, I don't think they really have a role here. I think um, it's got to be the Pirates' own guys, you know, that they, they've drafted and developed and, um, you know, hopefully catch some lightning on a bottle with maybe one or two of them. Yeah, and that's not a bad strategy to really have because, I mean, you look at how this uh, how the prospect pool for the Pirates continues to grow. It's a top 10 on MLB.com. Uh, ESPN ranked it up pretty high as well. Uh, of course, the draft is in about a week and a half, a, like, like a week, yeah, about a week and a half. So the Pirates, of course, as you mentioned, do they if they want to find lightning in a bottle, what's better than the number one overall pick to find that lightning in the bottle? That's a very good place to do it. Also, you could do it later in the draft as well. Um, but as far as the gameplay aspect of things, of course, things are going to change. But how do the Pirates, even when things do change, how do you think they can put some winning baseball together, some competitive baseball together over the course of July? Well, I, I hate to be the doom and gloom guy, but, but um, I, I don't know that they 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 can or should, especially as you get to the later portions of July and, and maybe move on from, you know, some of these guys we've talked about in the last couple of weeks with, you know, Adam Frazier, maybe Richard Rodriguez. Um, you know, I, I, I think I'm not really looking at the at the results as much um, to the extent that I am. I think, you know, victories like we saw in that Cardinal series and, and over the past couple of weeks where all of these guys who, um, you know, the actual solid players that are on this team, when they all perform well at, on, at the same time, um, I think those games have been great showcases for those guys, um, you know, either in terms of the trade discussion or, um, you know, like a Brian Reynolds guy, it, it's, it, it shows his potential maybe for this team or maybe for another. Um, so I, I think I think you'd like to see, um, you know, if you're the Pirates, maybe more consistency from those those younger pitchers um, and an offensively, maybe a little less um, inconsistency as well. You know, and I think that's the way you're going to string wins together. If you're a team like this is, um, you know, you, you get your your younger pitchers in a groove and maybe they go out in three, four five days in a row. Maybe they're not phenomenal, but they give you a chance to win if your offense can score three, four or five runs. Um, you know, I think that's kind of the winning formula for this team. Um, you know, what does that mean in the long run? I don't know, but, um, I, I think it's probably just all about finding consistency with these pieces that are going to be here past this year. Um, and if, if that leads to wins, great. Um, and if not, at least, at least you're seeing growth from those guys. 
Yeah, I think as uh, me and Gary, who I talked to on Mondays and even myself have mentioned on the pod all year, individual performance and consistency and growth is a lot more important than what the team is doing as a whole right now. Um, and speaking of that as well, um, I mean, we've seen guys get better over the course of the year. I'd say Key Brian Hayes, of course, coming back from the injury, he's done a lot better this year. Uh, Brian Reynolds, I think he's doing fine. He definitely had the bounce back from 2020. Colin Moran has been off and on. He's uh, just dealing with injuries off and on right now. Of course, Adam Frazier came out of the woodwork all of a sudden and started hitting the baseball crazy again, which has been phenomenal. So with what um, – is there any other player currently on the MLB roster that wouldn't be a call-up that you think could realistically start getting to a upper epsilon of their development as it currently stands? Um, you know, I, I'd like to see more from Kevin Newman. Um, I think the the um, his underlying numbers have suggested he should have been much better than he's been so far, um, and and so there there should be room for growth there, right? There's there's underlying numbers like his his batting average on balls in play is unbelievably low, and and usually that's up around 300. The last time I looked, he was around 160. Um, you know that that has to come back to earth a little bit. Um, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more power from him too, and not necessarily home run power, but um, maybe just a little bit of gap power, and 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 maybe starting to drive the ball a little bit more. So he's someone that you know, I, I think, you know, if you're looking forward, you want to see a guy like him at least play his way into maybe being an asset either for you or for for another team, um, because otherwise he might get swallowed by some of these younger prospects in the next couple of years who are. Uh, infielders who are coming up through the minors, um, you know, an O'Neill Cruz, something like that. And, you know, if he doesn't start turning it around soon, you risk not being able to have options with him, right? Uh, he might might just be a guy who washes out and, um, you know, he was he was a high draft pick and, and you'd at least like to be able to flip him in the same way you're hoping to flip Adam Frazier, right? I don't think, I don't know that Kevin Newman's ever going to get to where Adam Frazier is, potentially starting at the All-Star game at second base, but, um, you know, at least playing his way into being a solid everyday player, um, that you can either keep here if, if you think that's useful, or, um, maybe you can move for another prospect or two when, when some of these other prospects are coming up, maybe a, a, a Nate McLeod style deal or something. So, um, I guess Kevin Newman's the one I'm going to be watching to see if he can, um, if he can do what the numbers say he should be doing, which is not playing like an all-star, but, um, you know, at least becoming a, a daily contributor to this offense. Yeah, and I mean, Kevin Newman, I think a lot of people look at his offense, obviously, and it's struggled, but defensively, he's been one of the best defensive shortstops in all of baseball this year, ironically, in terms of not committing errors and stuff like that. Uh, one guy that I have on my books, especially with the question that I asked you, is Ben Gamble, actually. Um I think he has a lot of potential to be a good fourth outfielder for this team at some point whenever they have like a lot of their prospects come up. But as of right now, he's also one of their better starting outfielders, realistically, outside of Brian Reynolds. Um, so I'm excited to see if he can get his bat to come around. Defensively, he's been pretty okay. Um, but I think if he can get his bat to come around around maybe the 250 range, I think he's in the 220s, 230s right now. Uh, that could be very helpful for this team as well. 
then adding a guy like Philip Evans and Kai Tom and Polanco, obviously, to that mold as well. I think Gamble should, in my opinion, get a starting outfielding job every night unless he needs rest. Um, but that's really where I'm at. I'm also still on the Kai Tom train just to like get this man out of Pittsburgh. Like, I think I think it was Joe Block yesterday said that he had the lowest batting average in all of baseball for red or uh, qualified players, which I was just like, this is insane. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think I think the Pirates probably still see something in him, right? Like he, he's pretty good at getting on base. He's got a uh, got a small strike zone. He, you know, in, in the best case scenario, I think he becomes a um, you know a high on base guy that can kind of set the table and stuff. We have we obviously haven't seen that yet, um, but but I think they still have hopes for him. And and um, you know what's 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 really wrong with giving him some more time to. Uh, to find his way. I, th- I think, you know, a guy like Ben Gamble, um, I-, I think it'd be great if he got hot here in the next month, because he's the type of guy that you might be able to move, you know, for, for something useful. Um, and then that still leaves you with a guy like Kai Tom to, to, to kind of get time. So um, I-, I understand why he's, he's a frustrating player to watch at times, but I think, um, you know, the pirates feel like the tools are there. And they don't want to give up on it. I believe he was a Rule Five pick, correct? Am I? Uh, am I yes, he was there. Yeah, he so was. they would they would have to literally get rid of him by you know taking him off of of the big league roster. And I think that's what gives you a little bit of pause in uh, making a decision about you know whether whether to go that way because it's not like you're sending him to the minors to go work on things. It's sending him back to the team that you drafted him from. Um, so if they still see th- some things that are there that are coachable, that are fixable, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily mind them giving him a little bit more time. Yeah. And I mean, I think there are some things he can fix as well. I mean, defensively, he's a pretty fun defensive outfielder. I'll say that um, he has a lot of speed in the outfield to like make it work. As you mentioned, the small strike zone can always be very important depending on what umpires uh, calling the game. Um, and I mean, if his bat did come around, realistically, he'd be a good two-way outfielder with his hitting and defense. It would be actually a very solid player for the Pittsburgh Pirates to have. Um, and then flipping gears on this also, of course, uh, tomorrow on Thursday, we'll have the starters reveal for the All-Star game, all hoping that Adam Frazier gets the call on the start. Uh, but the Futures game is making a return this year, and Rowenzi Contreras and Quinn Priester will actually be representing the Pirates in the Futures game. Um, among names like Ethan Small and Adley Rushman as well. So what would you expect from those two in that uh, kind of exhibition performance against some of MLB's top prospects? You know, I, I think obviously you want to see them them pitch well. It's, it's a one-game sample size, and I think in both of their cases, they're probably not going to get more than an inning if they get into the game at all, um, just because – you know, it's just like the all-star game. There's a lot of mouths to feed in terms of, of playing time and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, in terms of, of takeaways, I'm not sure how many um, you'll get from the game itself, but, but for the pirates to have two pitchers in there, um, two guys that people have been excited about whose clips are seemingly on social media every time they make starts, um, you know, it just kind of adds to that drumbeat. And I think it adds to the branding a little bit, right? I think we've talked on this podcast in terms of, you know, what should the Pirates do in this draft? And uh, in the past, I've kind of thought, hey, go for one of these Vanderbilt pitchers because 
I think they're branded well and they're the types of, of people that can um, get people excited about the future of this franchise. Uh, obviously, we're seeing the, the draft conversation change a little bit, but at that same time, you're seeing these guys kind of emerge as players that, you know, the average pirate fan is starting to recognize. Right. And I think that's, that's important. Um, you know, in, in terms of, of giving hope and, and um, you know, getting people on board with this rebuild, it, it, it's one thing to, to make these trades and, and have these prospects that, you know, no one's necessarily heard of and say, Oh, well, they're highly touted, but they're at the lower levels of the minors. Well, these are guys that are, you know, not necessarily close to the big leagues, but they're getting there. They're doing well. Um, and, and they're getting people excited. And I think, you know, if the pirates don't go with one of the Vanderbilt pitchers, these might be the two guys that, that, that really kind of take on that mantle of, um, you know, getting people excited. So I, I think to me, it's what, it's what this represents maybe more so than what the game itself might entail. Um, you know, I, I think it, it, it is a validation of what, you know, those, those who've been, who've been watching these guys in the minors have, have been following all season. Yeah, and I mean, especially with Roenzi Roenzi Contreras in Baseball America, he recently jumped up into their top 100 list. So, I mean, he's definitely been doing fun things down there in AA, and a lot of people want him to come up to AAA. I always tell people, like, hold your horses a little bit. Like, there's only been, like, half the season. He's doing great, but, like, you don't need to rush him or anything. Um, same thing with Quinn Priester. I like the idea that the Pirates are just remaining patient this time. Uh, it seemed like in the Neil Huntington era, they tried to rush everything. And I'm liking that Sherrington seems like he's going to take the more patient, cautious approach. Like he's going, especially with, like you said earlier, with the Max Kranich thing about how that's how their plan of development is and they're not going to change it. As you mentioned, it's also TBA to see if it works or not. Um but the draft will be very telling in terms of who they take because it'll be very interesting to see how they plan on developing those players. And do they have the same developmental tree after they make that pick or after they make their picks in the draft? It's really just something to see. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't really I, I, I don't think anyone has a firm grasp on, on what they're going to do in the draft. But as, as long as you have these guys um, that are that are getting close, that are at least playing on 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 streaming services. Right. I mean, I, I think there's there's a lot of Pirates fans now who are getting used to. Um, yeah, they've got the, the big league team on uh, maybe in the background, but they also, you know, maybe on the laptop put the triple A game on or put especially the double game double A game on. Right. Because that's. I think all, almost all of their games are are broadcast, and um, you know those those pro, that's that's where the great prospects are, are really starting to pile up. I don't I don't know how much is it AAA quite yet. Um, that's, it seems like that team's much more organizational depth and, and stuff like that. But um, you know it's it's there's lots of reasons to feel optimistic, and I think um, you know this this futures game is is just kind of another. Um, part of the drumbeat, if so to speak, in, in, in terms of, um, you know, getting people excited and getting them on board um, with where things are going. Oh, yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on the Pirates uh, heading into the rest of this week, heading into the month of July? Uh, any other thoughts from you, Adam? No, um, you know, I, I think it's obviously going to be probably the last month that everyone's tuned in, right? And then I think we're going to kind of get into that grind of, of training camp season and 
the penguins firing up and um, you know, some, some of this, some of this stuff that we're excited about now may, may start falling off the radar. So I think, um, you know, if you're, if you're watching the big league club, you, you kind of want to see them uh, maybe play a, an interesting game or two and, and, and give you a reason to watch. And, you know, I think, I think there's reason for optimism after that Cardinal series. Uh, people just have to recognize that sometimes the pendulum is going to swing the other way. And that's kind of why the pirates are the way they are. Oh yeah, of course. And you can let us know where we can find all of your work. Yeah, I am uh, on Twitter at Fujimaster24, F-U-G-I, and at post-gazette.com. Um, as always, you know, I'll be writing things alongside Mike Persak, Jason Mackey. I think later this week I, I have a, a look back at, at guys the Pirates have taken number one overall um, and, and, and what they've ended up doing in their careers. Uh, going back to Jeff King in 1986. Um, also looking to do a bit of a mock draft tracker. Right? I usually do that for the Steelers during draft season. There's not as many mock drafts for baseball. It's kind of a different ecosystem, but, um, you know, it's draft week and, and, and we're getting into, um, you know, the weeds with that now. So um, hopefully we'll, we'll see what, what the experts are saying and, and maybe that'll it's nice to get everything distilled down kind of into one place to, to kind of see where the momentum is, is leading. Um, so keep an eye out for both of those things. They should be up uh, this week. All right. Sounds good. And of course you guys can find me on locked on pirates on Twitter or at MVP underscore Ethan. Uh, you'll actually see that I'm verified now alongside Adam. So that's very fun. Um, of course, thank you, Adam, for always coming on. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and I hope you guys all have a great rest of your Wednesday. Enjoy the last day of June as tomorrow we hop into July, almost July 4th weekend and reopening day for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, of course, I will see you guys on the flip side.